Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Join us each week as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Lauren. And I'm Matt. Cheers. 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 All right. And this is a, a great thing to cheers with because this is the Sizer, which is the, uh, if I'm correct on this, this is the mead and the cider blended together, correct? Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So last time I was out here at Bloom Mead Works, we talked about mead mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I like that one. I highly recommend everyone go back and give it another listen or <laughs> for the first time if you haven't. Yep. But this time we get to talk about cider. Yeah. So uh, super excited to be here and talk about that. I am... I've always kind of been a cider person. I've always enjoyed the ciders, and I don't know if that came from, as a kid, always enjoying just apple cider, yeah. and then now it's like in an alcoholic version, or whether it was just, uh, I don't know, I think we've talked about this a little, maybe a little bit, and people who've listened know I was not a big beer drinker for, well, actually not a drinker, period, but especially not beer for most of my life. Mm-hmm. So it was like not beer, but I could kind of feel like <laughs> <Yeah>. I was <laughs> drinking yeah. beer with the other people. Yeah, yeah. You, you can know. sit and have a can of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I'm excited to talk about uh, cider. But since the last time we talked, you guys have had some cool and fun stuff happening. So I don't know if you want to share any of that or. Yeah, it's definitely been a busy handful of weeks, months since you've been here. We, let's see, it is, this is a good time to be talking about it because it is apple harvest season. So a lot of the. Um, orchards around here are harvesting and pressing and um, there's a lot of juice to be had around here lately. Um, We also had, it was really exciting, there's a national PBS show called Tastemakers. Yes. Um, They came in about a month ago and filmed an episode that will air nationally on PBS starting in January. The season will start in January. So, okay. yeah, keep an eye out for that. So it was PBS really cool. Tastemakers starts in January, and one of the episodes you guys will be featured us. on. Yeah, that they is spent exciting. A good amount of time here, and then also spent about three days visiting some of the farms that we source our ingredients from. So, um, a lot of information too about other Michigan growers and producers. Outstanding. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And, and then talking about the harvest now, because that's I, I guess we should reiterate for people who didn't, in case they didn't listen to the last one, which they'd be wrong to not do. But that's all right. We won't judge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are in Ann Arbor, Michigan, yes. and so yep. and this is like it's like a big deal harvest season, especially apple harvest season out yeah. here. Yeah, right? Michigan's like the number two or number three apple producer depending on the year uh, in the U.S. So it's uh, definitely a big crop here for sure. A lot of dessert apples, so we get everything like. A lot of different varieties of apples. A lot of people don't realize how many hundreds and hundreds of varieties there really are. <laughs> yes. But uh, you know, they there's definitely a lot of great varieties coming in. Um, a lot of them are dessert apples. So like we, you know, when you say dessert, it's like apples that you eat in the grocery store. Yeah. And those don't always make the best cider. Like you know, sometimes it might taste great in an app like in an apple when you take away that sweetness and you ferment it out, and, and there may not be that many other flavors left. Uh, so we, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about what apples we can try and get from different people and, and whatnot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, and they have like the, the cider fests and, and pressings and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, all over this, oh, this yeah. state, it's like, it's like a fun time to be here. So, yeah. There's yeah, a few months of that, you know, that I think probably the earliest apples come in in mid end of August, probably. Yeah. Probably some of the early season ones for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, they're picking probably through the beginning of November, mid November. Yeah. This is kind of the tail end of picking. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. We're right at the beginning of November. So we kind of are yeah. right so at the end of the season. have a few months really of kind of apple orchard season when people are going out and picking and drinking cider and eating donuts and 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time to be here. It's beautiful. Yeah, I Leaves forgot about changing. the donuts until you mentioned the oh, donuts. Every, that's one of us. It's a big thing. You got to have the, the donuts with the cider. And They're made with apple cider, yeah. Oh, are, the are they made with the apple cider? Apple cider donuts. Yeah. specific type of donut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have clearly <laughs> missed these. <laughs> we'll fix this. We'll definitely fix okay, this. Okay, good, good. Because I'd heard about donuts with it, and I'd always kind of scratched my head, and that's not something I was super familiar with. Yeah. Now it's making They're a lot like more sense. They're like a cake donut made with apple cider and then dusted in cinnamon sugar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They make plain Clutch. ones too, but they're not as good. Yeah, don't. No, don't. no, 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 no. <laughs> Go with the cinnamon sugar. Yeah, you, you had me at, at cider and cinnamon yeah. sugar and all that other kind of it's stuff. It's great. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, we're going to fix that. Okay. Um, but uh, to go back to, oh, so cider. We're talking yeah. about cider. So, um, and I want to talk a little bit about the apples that go into it all, but, but first, let's just say kind of what cider is. And, yeah. and, I'm not even 100% sure, um, mm-hmm. and I, and I kind of like the way we came into the last one, so I kind of yeah. didn't do a whole lot of research coming into this one, um, and so I guess let's just start with that definition, and then I've got like a lot of questions around that, yeah. potentially, or maybe you'll just answer them. I guess to begin, I'm glad we're talking about this, because we, we do produce mead and cider, and you know, there are, there are a lot of people who aren't familiar with all the intricacies of cider, but there are more people who don't know a lot about mead. So we spend a lot of our time here in our tour and when we're talking to people explaining what mead is. And sometimes the fact that we produce cider and we love making cider gets eclipsed by mead just because it takes more explanation. So it's nice to be sitting down and talking about cider specifically. Well, mead is so unique, right? So that's where a lot of people wonder. But I think um, cider is one of those things that I... I think like so many other things out there, which is why we're doing this podcast, is a lot of people think they know or they kind of know yeah. or whatever, but they don't really know. Or at mm-hmm. least let me just say, I won't speak for other people. I'll speak for myself 100% mm-hmm. in that, you know? So um, yeah, no, I'm excited to be talking about it too. Yeah. So, so yeah. Should we start with the tree? <laughs> so, so, so apples grow on trees. Yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, uh, much like hops, the, the type of apple is actually the same cutting from the same original tree. So you know they, they take a cutting of the tree and they grow that and it's the same actual DNA. It's not um, if you try and plant apple seeds, you get uh, DNA Different variations. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so sexual reproduction or whatever, and it, it mixes up the DNA and then you get new varieties. So it's one of the reasons you have so many varieties of apples is because like every time you get an apple seed, it's a different variety pretty much. Like it's they're all random. Um, so if you're eating a Jonathan Gold or if you're eating a Macintosh or, or a Red Delicious or whatever, that all goes back to the same tree for ah. each one of those varieties. Uh, so at some point, somebody probably grew it from seed um, and, and took that seed and, and tried growing a bunch of different stuff, found one they liked, and then kept growing that one. And then from there, it's just the, the um, what is it, where they... Where they they graft the it. Grafting, thank yep. you. Yep. Where, so the, and it's all just grafting from there, yeah. really? Yep. So they put on different rootstocks depending on what size and what kind of conditions the tree is going to be in. So the roots kind of dictate the overall genetics of the tree as far as like how big or like what kind of soil it's in whether it's wetter or drier or generally you know that, that's a little narrower window but it's uh <laughs> yeah it helps dictate you know what style of growing they're going to do with the tree interesting yeah so if you eat an apple and you take that core and bury it and grow a tree you won't get the same thing as what you ate that is yeah. fascinating because yeah. i've actually tried to do that a few times never yeah, like- successfully i've got them to sprout and i've got them you know i've even got them to get a couple feet high and then you know usually that's kind of the end of that so (laughs) um it's probably mostly me um but anyway so i i was always expecting because i'm like oh i really like this apple so i'm gonna get me a bunch of these and not so much it's kind of a lemon yeah you won't get the same thing Mm -hmm. interesting okay so 
once the tree hits, you know, a couple years old, you start like the, the smaller trees will produce at like two or three years, old, bigger trees will produce at more like four or five years, start producing apples. Um, you can harvest those when they're, you know, they're ripe and ready and during season. And they'll, uh, to make cider, you mill them down into a pulp. So it's kind of like a, a thin applesauce, like it's really just like been crushed really hard. And then you put that into a, a big press and usually it's a, a rack and cloth press. So like they've got like almost like a burlap material that separates the layers of, of apple pump, pumice. It's and large. I, Think, you know, kind of maybe like four by four, five by five. Yeah. The big one, like the big. The and big then it's one. layers of the It's yeah. layers. Yeah. Okay. So um, you're looking at, you know, maybe a thousand pounds of apples in a pressing. Like it's a, it's a large, large piece of equipment. Uh, and then there's a big hydraulic press that pushes down on the top of it. And that, that cloth that's in there actually holds the pulp back, but lets the juice flow out and you collect that juice. And that's what we call like raw cider. That's like what you think of when you go to like the grocery store and you buy, buy raw cider. It's basically just apple juice. It's basically apple juice, but it's, it's unfiltered and it's, uh, it's, so it's cloudy. It's, yeah. It's is, is that what makes it cider or is, I just out of curiosity, or cider and apple juice similar? C- cider and apple juice are very similar. Um, the biggest difference just being whether it's filtered or not. Okay. Okay. So usually that's, which in other fruits, we don't really get that. Like an orange juice, it's not filtered, but we used to call it juice. But for some reason, apples, they, they filtered it at one point and called it juice and didn't, and then kept calling cider Didn't filter cider. it, called it cider. <laughs> okay. Um, other parts of the world, if you say cider, you're referring to hard cider. Um, so they'll, like in the UK, I don't know if they call it juice, but they don't, if they say cider, they're referring to hard cider. So in this case, what we do in order to make the, the hard ciders we have here, um, we take that juice then and we, we add a yeast to it. So uh, in our case, we use like a wine yeast. So, but you could also use like a beer yeast or something like that too. And uh, we ferment those sugars down into alcohol. So much like the same way you, you know, we, we talked about the meads or they do in beer, same, same concept. Okay, there's a theme here with kind of what you guys do is, is it's, I mean, the, at least see the basics are very simple. You, mm-hmm. you, with the mead, it's honey, water, yeast, yeah. go. Yeah. With the cider, it's cider. I'm sorry. Oh, a cider, because, yeah. which Ross is cider, like a, a, an apple juice-ish. Yeah. Um, and then yeast, and then go. It's really kind of that basic. Yeah. So I think we maybe touched on it a little bit last time, but that's one of the reasons that the federal government defines both cider and mead as wine because you're taking an agricultural product you're either taking honey mixing it with water or you're just taking raw apple cider and mixing it with yeast and starting fermentation so you don't have a step before that like in beer where you're boiling a grain or malting them or malting yeah so i think sometimes you have a little bit less control uh over the process and because you're just starting with this ingredient and beginning (laughs) fermentation uh so i think it encourages you uh, in that process to pay a lot of attention to your ingredients because they play a huge role in how that fermentation will play out. Okay. Um, that, and that makes sense. And, and I, th- I know we did talk about that with the mead, but mm-hmm. I didn't know, realize that cider then technically, even though it gets pushed in there with beer all the time, it, it's yeah. actually a wine. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, you think about grape wine, how much effort goes into growing grapes, picking a grape, thinking about vintages the year that they were picked, um, because that dictates so much of the flavor post-fermentation. Whereas, you know, a brewery is not usually talking about the year or the source of their barley. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fun. Okay, so I'm, I'm learning a ton here So <laughs> already. Um, and, and I've been tasting the ciders as we go, and I want to talk about some of the other ones that I've tasted in a minute here. Uh, and, and I want to get a little bit back to what you were mentioning, because um, as far as the different types of apples, because I had always kind of thought, you know, hey, man, this, you know, what, I, what I'm eating or what I'm putting in this pie, that would 
probably the same thing that's going mm-hmm. into everything. But my understanding, and you can correct me on this if, if I'm wrong, which I sometimes often am, <laughs> um, is that it's actually more of, I, I don't know if crab apple is the right thing, but they're, they're kind of more small. They're very tart. They're not something that you would ever yeah. want to eat. Yeah, so um, hard cider apples, like when you go back in time or like if you go to Europe, like the UK and, and, and down into to Spain and whatnot and through Germany, they still grow cider apples. In the U.S., we, we got away from growing cider apples and went just to what I was referring to as dessert apples earlier. So um, eating apples. Eating apples, really, yeah. like is um, an easier way to say that. Uh, but what um, a lot of times people will call cider apples spitters because if you bite it, like if you just were walking along and you found a tree and you pulled one off and popped it in your mouth, like... <laughs> It may not be exactly what you're looking for. You're it's spitting just like, that right back out, you right? You might be spitting it right back out, yeah. yeah. So a lot of times they're, you know, they're, you're getting at crab apples that can be very tart. Uh, they can also be very tannic. So like, uh, like um, the skins and the tannins in there can be very intense. Think uh, about like when you drink a, a wine that really dries out your tongue, those tannins yeah. and the skins. Um, Most of a metallic flavor. Yeah, are, can be really great in a cider. Oh, okay, and so you actually want the apples... Yes. Or potentially want the apples with that, depending on, I guess, what kind of cider yeah, you're trying to make. Yeah, depending on the cider, and you're, you're trying to find that balance with those flavors to, to create something that once you take all the sugar out, you still have residual flavor. And uh, that's, that's kind of why you're looking at those, those acids in the tart apples or the tannins in the, the tannic apples. And they, you know, they classify them into different types of, of groups for, for fermentation. But you're, you're trying to blend those together to, to get back to what would be you know, a desirable flavor profile that doesn't you know, just sit kind of boringly on the, palate, on the tongue when you ferment out the sugar. Okay, that makes sense. And... And maybe you can or can't answer this, but my curiosity is why would, and and I guess maybe it's the process, I'm kind of thinking this through, but anyway, why would like an apple that like you wouldn't want to eat turn into something that's absolutely delicious to drink? I mean, is, is there, I don't know, do you have any thoughts or insight on that or? I think because a lot of times when we're, when we're eating or drinking, you're getting some complexity of flavor. So if you're thinking about beer, you have sweetness from the malt, you have bitterness from the hops, you're kind of balancing all of those things. And that's what makes for a a complex, we don't think of it that way, but that complexity really adds a lot to the flavor. Um, So if you're looking at an apple, if you just have sweetness and then you remove the sweetness through fermentation, it's, it's kind of a boring flavor afterwards. Whereas if you have those tannins, if you have that acidity, um, tartness, you know, maybe a little like starch, some, some body to it, even some texture. Um, once you remove a lot of that sweetness, you still have a really balanced flavor. And Mm -hmm. I think we perceive that as tasty. Yeah. And in general, like one of the common misconceptions with especially hard cider apples is that like you use one type of apple, you rare, like it's very rare to run a cider with just like one type of apple. That's not very common because you, you end up with a imbalance of flavor. Like if we're talking about like one of those apples that's really tart, you just end up, you can end up with something that's overly tart in the finished product. So you want to try and balance that out with other types of apples. So most, most hard ciders are a blend of apples to try and keep a, a nice roundness to the flavor profile. Got it. That makes perfect sense. And then is that just trial and error experience? I mean, I'm assuming you kind of look what other people do. You play around with it and get to something you like or. Yeah. And it's hard too, because there's not a lot of hard cider apples on the market. You know, we actually just planted a small orchard on our farm, but we're, you know, we're several years out from being able to get that, to get some of those bitter sharps or I'm sorry. Um, so like the tannins and the, the, the sour apples and, and whatnot, tart apples coming in. But uh, right now when we're out in the open market and we're buying, you know, apples, we're buying juice or cider from, uh, from different orchards here in Michigan, you know, we, we're really limited on what we can buy. So it's, we kind of have to work within what our supply chain is. And then from that, you know, try and come up with a blend that will work for us. So it is a lot of experimentation. I think you have some 
indicators coming in. You have like the bricks, the sugar content in the blend. You have pH of the blend. So some of the, you know, that will tell you a few things before you ferment it um, and give you, you know, maybe some clues as to how it will taste post-fermentation. Yeah. And you can generally taste some of those things before fermentation as well. So, you know, if you, if you're tasting a juice and, or a cider, a raw cider, and you're, you know, you're getting those bitter com- components before you even ferment it out, like they're probably still going to be there when you ferment it out. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. That makes sense. Which is kind of handy. We've actually found that with honey, that's not as true and is kind of challenging. So when you're tasting a honey, I think the maybe the flavor profiles in honey aren't quite as bold. So you're tasting these more subtle, kind of like earthy or floral notes. And those aren't necessarily things that come through post-fermentation. So it is really just experimentation of fermenting it out and then seeing how that honey tastes once it's fermented. Whereas with raw cider, it's a, yeah, you, you kind of know beforehand a little bit what it's going to taste like afterwards. Nice. Nice. And that all kind of makes sense. And we talked about a lot there. So I want to go back to one or two things, but I I like, it does make sense that the apples provide the balance, which Mm -hmm. is why they're, you know, maybe not something you'd want to eat because it was all sweet. It might be too much. So that makes sense. Um, and then you guys are talking about just the orchards. And I know you guys like to source like local and and that's kind of a big thing and then i think it's awesome that you guys now have your own orchard even again it may be a little while before (laughs) you can harvest those it's not it's not huge either we're subject to deer damage at this point (laughs) we're kind of hoping most of the trees survive we'll see oh okay okay but even then yeah i i think it's it's kind of fun to 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 have that and maybe i don't i'm assuming you guys agree if you're growing your own or maybe it's just out of necessity but to, to kind of take it from like I don't know the I don't know your own trees and yeah. then turn it yeah. into your own ciders. That whole process and to know that you kind of had some ownership in it all is kind of cool. I think anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was it was both. I mean, I think there was, I think we at one point kind of had a dream of doing like a farm to glass estate style mm. brewery or cidery or something along those lines. We decided to go in a different direction, but yeah, there's definitely some intrigue in in producing it from beginning to end. And then part of it was just necessity that we wanted to be able to uh, work with some apple varieties that we couldn't get our hands on. And the deer decided that maybe they wanted that to be a little different. (laughs) Or maybe they just liked what you were doing. (laughs) Yeah. I think we planted 120 trees, and it seems like there are maybe 70, 80 left. Yeah, there's one one of the crab varieties they just went to town on. Yeah. Like we planted really? 14 of them, and I think two are left. <laughs> and, and they will they they like actually I mean they eat like they eat the, the whole thing too, yeah. and on the bark yeah. and all we that, that like stuff, right? Yeah, we were caging trees. them too, so we took like chicken wire and made cages for each one of the trees. And we had a, a buck out there that just an was, angry buck, an angry buck that was really <laughs> mad at our trees because he wanted to eat them, and he was using his horns to rip them off, and then he would like literally stomp the cages and then eat the trees. <laughs> like, <What>? <laughs> like, <laughs> which the stomping is clearly unnecessary. The ripping them. <laughs> off gets him closer to the food but the stomping was just <laughs> that's to prove his point I know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because like you look like if you're standing in the orchard and you look around you're surrounded by green everywhere it's uh-huh. like why this tree like mm-hmm. like there's you know copious amounts of, of things to eat around there and he's just you know for whatever reason that's what well, he wanted all i gotta say is if you try to stand between me and like some super sweet dessert or maybe one of these ciders or <laughs> you turn into I, an angry buck I, I, I might be, <laughs> and, and i actually i may or may not be in a point where I'd not just rip it down, but probably stomp, stomp on, on it a it few too. times too, just to prove. Don't to tell you. me yeah. what to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, now I'm like, now I'm really curious, like what that would have done, like in, into the cider. I mean, it sounds like that's like, like really, really good. I mean, at least to the deers anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Seems that way. Awesome. So, uh, I throw this out. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but I heard this. And as we were talking about it, I just remembered, um, 
Johnny Appleseed, mm -hmm. uh, the whole story of Johnny Appleseed, apparently, like in, in my head, and I think I don't know, you hear it when you're a kid, right? And he's just going around planting all the apple trees and all sorts of stuff. And I'm imagining he's planting all these wonderful eating apples mm -hmm. and, and everything yeah. else. But then I, when I later heard about the story, apparently there was two things going on there. One was, I, I think if you had actually planted something on the land, you could claim rights to it. So. Uh. It, it wasn't ulterior motive, yeah. sure. <laughs> yes, yes. He wasn't exactly just <laughs> planting apples. Altruistic. Yes. Apple Everybody, apples for you and you and you. No, it was like mine, Land mine, for me, mine, me, mine, me. mine, mine. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then he would sell those claims to like the other people, kind of. Anyway, um, but but then also that they were not like your traditional eating or dessert mm -hmm. apples. That they were very much those crab apples, which led to a lot of cider thus being made. Yeah. I think I've heard I've heard different variations on the story, same, like same concept of what you're talking about, where maybe he wasn't so altruistic. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, not to say I don't know. I didn't know him. Well, he's a good person, nobody bad knows. Person, but yeah, I didn't over. know the guy. So. But uh, I think there's a couple other things there too, where you know, if he if he was you know trying to establish land rights and trying to sell like incentivize people to move to that area by being able to sell them land, um, you know, they also have the the water aspect of the cider. So when they they ferment it out, you know, you much like beer in the, you know the old world of, of Europe, like it was a, it was safe to drink when the water wasn't. The same is true for for cider, where you can press out cider, ferment it out, and then you have a source of nutrient, not as much nutrients as beer, but um, you know, and then you're also getting hydration. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So we won't judge Johnny or his <laughs> apple seeds, but but it is interesting to know. And and uh, but yeah, I've, I've heard there's some facts in there, or may or may not be. But yeah. again, we will not confirm nor deny upon this podcast. <laughs> so then, some of my other kind of questions come into. Uh, well, actually, first let's talk a little bit about because I've been working just rounding around this. Mm -hmm. I got this little taster tray, so I've had yeah. my sizer. Well, I don't know what order do, would you guys want to kind of talk about these in real quick, and then I've got a few more just cider type questions so so why don't we work across the top the sizer and the tart cider and then we can talk about the hoppercot and the absinthe okay yeah so let's so the sizer i think we've talked about on mm -hmm. the last one a little bit here it's a it's a cider and mead blend and mm -hmm. it's delicious so they're fermented together um so we combine the honey and the water and water yep. honey and water and the raw cider together and then ferment it all together oh mm -hmm. that's real interesting then because yep. i just assumed that you had them both blend them and, after. And blended them after yeah. so they're actually fermented together yep, yep. oh okay and that explains because it is a really i mean the way it's blended it was just a great blend and yeah so i guess if it all comes up together that's why it blends really well yeah okay so then we got a tart cider here mm -hmm. um and so tell me a little bit about the tart cider, what makes it tart, and and I guess this can kind of get into actually one of my questions as we're talking through this a little bit is that I mean your traditional cider is apples and yeast apparently or I'm mm -hmm. sorry cider and yeast. Yep. There's a lot of blends, a lot of things people do or add to them, and so let's talk a little bit about that maybe at the same time if that's sure. cool. So the tart cider. Um, that's a fun one. It's a blend from Northern Michigan. So we, we get that cider through a company called King Orchards. Uh, and that blend was Jonathan, uh, Northern Spy, Macintosh, Ida Red, and then uh, like 5% of it was just odds and ends apples that they kind of had around to, to fill in the rest of the mix. So a lot of tartness coming forward in that one. Um, so that's like that green apple presence. Like when we say tart, we're talking about green apple tart. It's, it makes for, you know, it balances itself out pretty well. It comes in totally dry. You know, it's, we didn't leave, we, we let it ferment totally all the way through to completion and then uh, didn't back sweeten it. So we really like that, that green apple forwardness on that. Yeah. And, and when you said green apple, I can totally taste it now. Mm -hmm. And that would actually kind of be a good one with like an apple pie or something if mm -hmm. you wanted to drink it with. Although maybe that's, is that too sweet? I mean, I know 
for me, not, yeah. <laughs> but for most people, I think it's a good balance. It balances okay. out things that have a lot of sweetness to them because it cuts through that kind of cl- cleans your palate a little. Okay. Yeah. And, and I just, I always have to double check on stuff because I mean, I will drink like a really rich port with yeah. a really rich chocolate cake <laughs> dessert thing and think nothing rich of it. Rich, and yeah. apparently everybody's like, no, that's not how you do it. And, but me, yes. It's all, it's all about what <laughs> you enjoy. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so, uh, oh, and I did recognize Macintosh in there. So is mm-hmm. that like the same kind of? Yep, mm-hmm. same thing you find in the grocery oh, okay. store. Yep. Okay, I, I, those are good. I actually eat those. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. so there is some crossover, yeah. I guess, to find the balance to get what, what you want. Well, yeah. and especially right now, like we were saying, it's kind of hard to find cider-specific apples. So a lot of the blends that we work with have a decent amount of dessert-eating apples in them. And then maybe some varieties that add some of that complexity. Yeah, and saying then you'd have to yeah come up mm-hmm. with something to balance that out then. Okay. So tight, tart cider has been kind of fun. A lot of the commercially produced ciders tend to be fairly sweet. So a lot of times when people come in, they're really excited to see dry ciders on the menu. Okay. So that's Excellent. one of those. Yeah. yeah. And that was good. I would recommend that one. And so this next one is the... Hoppercot. Hoppercot. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it's got hops and apricot. You got Correct. it. All yep. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, so this gets a little bit too kind of the blending of ciders and or adding something more to it so i don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit yeah Yeah, so we um that particular one we we played with uh apricots and copper hops so the varietal of hop is copper and they uh i believe copper is actually a michigan bread uh hop variety which is really exciting to see michigan producing new hop varieties as well uh but the you know we i really found that the the apricot flavor and the the fruity side of the copper hops really played well together and put that on top of the acid of, of, a, of a cider and we that's where we came out with. Apricots didn't grow that well this year in Michigan, but uh, I happened to be at a farm and it was literally the day that they were collecting their seconds, which seconds are like the ones that, you know, they may have blemishes on the outside, but they're still good fruit. They just yeah. don't look there in grocery store pretty. And uh, they were like, yeah, we sell them first come first serve. And I was like, cool, I'll take them all. And, <laughs> nice. and uh, it was, it was great. So we, we got enough uh, apricots to be able to run that. And it's been, it's definitely been a big hit. Yeah. And that's, and that's really good. And that still has the, and you can taste the hops and you can taste the apricots, um, but it's still got the cider at the base yeah. i'm assuming yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. so the base is cider and then i would say by fermentable sugars is probably like 20 or 25 percent from the apricot and then the hops on top of that okay and that one's just barely off dry so a lot of times when we're testing these we taste them totally dry and then we test adding a tiny bit of sweetness back in after fermentation to see what's the level where the flavors pop the most so for a lot of them that we feel like that's totally dry when we're adding sweetness it's just adding sweetness it's not bringing out those flavors with a hoppercot for example we added a little bit of sweetness back in and just kind of gradually testing that we found that that kind of first level of addition just barely taking it off dry is what made the apricot flavor really pop the most yeah and you can yeah. and you can taste it and and that's actually interesting too because you I guess with anything else, you kind of get to that certain spot yeah. and it's all you yeah. hit the sweet and then you kind of go past it and then you kind yeah. of oversweeten it or whatever. So there's, there's so much, um, you know, in, in, in all, as I'm learning all this and all the drinks, just finding that right balance and yeah. getting right. Cause if you get that wrong, I mean, it, it can be a, it's a difference between a good drink and a great drink. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And it really is a fine line. And to me, it's always interesting. Every time we do it, when we're testing, we're kind of adding <clears throat> a little bit at a time to see where that line is. And it, but if it's coming in dry, then you taste it off the off the bat and kind of know like this is this is a good point for this. But when you're adding sweetness and you do take something off dry or semi dry or maybe even medium sweetness, there's really a line where it's like, oh, this is adding, this is adding, this is adding, this is bringing out flavors, and then you hit that point and it's like we're just getting sweeter, and yeah. it's not bringing anything else out in here. Yeah, 
and then that's where you know you, you found your bring it back yeah found the, the found the curve yeah, yeah there you the, go what is like uh whatever that point on the curve is called yeah I, the, and i was just thinking the yeah. same thing there, there's a word for it and it's, not, it's like an apex yeah. there you go apex it is <laughs> um, works for me um and then the last one here and this one is that's the absinthe botanical cider so that one we ferment out completely and then we add in um we we leave it to sit on absinthe botanicals from Ann Arbor Distilling Company. Yeah, so they're, they're spent absinthe botanicals. Yeah. So after distillation, they we get a lot of their botanicals and bring them over, and we'll leave you know a cider or a mead to sit on those and take up some of the residual flavor left in those botanicals. So that was from a batch of absinthe that they distilled. Um, so you're really getting a, a kind of a medium strong black licorice anise nose on it Um, not a ton of black licorice flavor but kind of that herbal flavor behind it Um, and then i think it's it's cut nicely with the tartness from the cider and that one's actually back sweetened almost a medium Um, and the that back sweetening we felt was beneficial because it was providing some balance for the bitterness of those herbs yeah and i I agree i can taste all that in there and it and it is interesting because it's it's um so, well, I, I, just the flavors in there—it's great. I really like it. And, but it, so you'd, so you finish the fermentation process on the cider, and then you let these just soak in it, and then filter mm-hmm. them out, and then that's kind of what you. Well, and then you, I guess you balance the sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yep. So those botanicals nice. don't have any sugar content to them, so they can be added post fermentation to kind of sit on there and soak up flavors. Nice, and it mm-hmm. does have a kind of that, that definite absinthe taste to it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was a tough one. So, like, we, we do the gym botanical meads, and those ones, they have to rest on the mead for, like, at least a week. Like, it takes a long time because there's not a lot of flavor left in those botanicals. With the absinthe botanical, I was tasting it every six hours because those botanicals were so intense that I had to, like, keep checking it to make sure we didn't overdo it because, like, if we overshoot it, like, it's just tastes... Then that whole back. batch is gone yeah. almost, right? Yeah. So we were tasting it literally every six hours and being like, okay, and then finally we're like, all right, we're pulling it out right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you found it done, yeah. right? Nice. So. Okay, so a few more questions then on, on ciders. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and this is kind of, I guess it gets to some of the other flavors or other things you hear about. I guess a c- part of the question is, does it have to be apple to be cider? Because you hear there's pear ciders and apricot ciders and all these other things. Are those just kind of what we're looking about with the, the hopricot where it's like a cider base, but really other flavors? Or are those like... It's just a, it's, it's pear made the same way, but it's kind of a cider. Or how does do those fit the definitions around ciders? Does that make sense? So I think cider, by definition, as the fermentable sugar, the majority of the fermentable sugar comes from apples. Yeah. Um, there are other names technically if you get in. So if you fermented pear juice out completely, just pear juice by itself. Just pear juice, you would have a pear-y. Um, I don't know if there's a word if you just ferment out apricot juice. Um, but I think cider does imply that the majority of the fermentable sugar comes from apples. And then adding things into that, like Matt was saying, you know, 25% of the fermentable sugar for the apricot comes from apricots. So that would be a cider with apricots added to it. Okay. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's pretty much the same way I was going to define it. Yeah. So. Okay, so if I see a pear cider or something like that, again, the odds are pretty good that it's it's apple based, or well, they either that or they're getting super creative with the naming. But generally, it's probably predominantly apple based, and then these other flavors are what's yeah flavoring it. And and, and again, depending on how you balance it, like this one, I mean, it's got a good strong apricot flavor, mm-hmm. and, and the apple is just very subtle in there. Yeah, yep, yeah, okay. and you know. I, 
usually pear is kind of the other fruit that you see that sometimes gets blurred into cider. If it says cider, it's probably apple. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, well, that's the one that I'd, I'd seen most often is pear, although I did. Um, oh, I was just out at the uh, Detroit, was it not a brew fest? It was the Brewers Festival. I think it's the Detroit Brewers Festival. Yeah. Uh, Brewers last weekend. I think it was last weekend or the weekend before. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and there they had, it was like a blueberry kind of a cider mm-hmm. uh, or so. But again, that would then be apple-based and they're just yeah, mixing correct, blueberries yeah. Yeah. And, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So I think that kind of answers most of my questions on cider. What it is, how it's made, uh, all the things that go into it. Uh, any parting thoughts? Anything you want to say about cider? Cider doesn't have to be sweet. You know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of commercial, <laughs> like, especially going back to like the 90s and stuff, like, you know, the Zima days or whatever. Um, <laughs> like the, you know, Hard cider was generally pretty sweet, and there was a few companies out there from Europe that were bringing in, you know, not not so sweet ciders. And I think a lot of people got turned off early on by by really sweet ciders. And you know, I think there's been an awesome resurgence of cider, and that resurgence is bringing forward, you know, what what those alcoholic beverages can taste like without all that sweetness. And I think that there's a lot to be explored there. Yeah, because these are all delicious, and I wouldn't call any of them particularly sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like and I like sweet stuff. But yeah. that said, again, I would drink these and be extremely content with the sweetness because I have had some that are just overly well it's like well actually I think Martinelli's actually puts one out now but I say it's almost like drinking Martinelli's you know it's that yeah. really super sweet and I'm not saying like which is good at times cider is bad I'm not yeah. saying anywhere yeah. near where I'm going I'm just saying like there is life beyond the sweetness in ciders and I think there's a lot of people who are, you know that's can, what they expect is that yeah, super exactly. yeah super sweetness and and but you back that off and then actually you get a lot more I think flavor if that makes sense yeah you can it's not getting clouded out by all that sweetness yeah yeah all right Uh, anything you guys are good yeah yeah all right yay cider yeah (laughs) Um, great well um thanks for oh let's talk about how they can find you guys uh because i i mean again they should listen to the mead one and they've already listened and and other stuff but now they want to follow up with you guys about cider so yeah, so we have a tap room. Uh, it's also where we do all of our production in downtown Ann Arbor at 4th and Huron. Um, we're also in a couple dozen retail locations, um, and we have a map of those on our website, which is www.drinkbloom.com. Uh, so yeah, there's a map of everywhere you can get us in cans, four packs, um, and a couple places on draft. Uh, you can also order online. So we, on our website, uh, you can purchase four packs. We go through a third party and can ship those to, I think, about 31 states. Uh, yeah, I think that's how you would find us. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That works. That works. Cool. Um, and you can find the Unsophisticated Palette at theunsophisticatedpalette.com, I think. And that's pretty much it. So until next week, drink responsibly. Cool. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks Cheers. for visiting. Cheers. Yes, thank you. Thank you.